0: Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. I send out a daily email with prayer-related topics. On Sundays, I send out a poem that I wrote. And if you want to get on that email list, you're welcome to. You can find the link in the show notes. But one of my poems is about Caleb and how he goes and takes the mountain... From the giants when he's 85, and that is supposed to become his inheritance. After that, after he goes and wins, (laughs) then within a short time, they dedicate that city of Hebron to a city of refuge. So it's going to be all of your murderers, both like the intentional ones who are just there waiting trial, all of those who are guilty of manslaughter, who are waiting to go home until the current. At which they have to wait till the current high priest dies. Uh, A city of refuge also has various other types of people. So not necessarily your first choice of location to live. And the way that the scripture says it is like, yeah, but they left for Caleb the surrounding fields. So he at least got those, you know, and you're like, "Um, I'm sorry, what? Like he went and did the dirty work. He went and girded up his loins and took the mountain that nobody else was willing to take. And then through some form of eminent domain, you took it over and just left him the surroundings? I mean, what a weird story. What a not one of my favorites in the scripture. And so I ended this poem with the question, what does one do with a life that doesn't go as expected? And one of my friends who's going through definitely a season of life, not going as expected, wrote back and says, so what's the answer? I'm just curious. Yeah, Jesus, what is the answer? So in this circumstance, as in every other, I think there's a part where the answer is be led by the spirit. Because... Each scenario is going to be different. I think if you're walking out the path of grief, then that is really kind of an all-consuming path for quite a long time. I have written about this and talked about this at different times, but I don't think our culture has any perspective on what grief looks like. (laughs) And so it's helpful to just go through different narratives and see what kind of change does it create in the body? What kind of change does it create in the mind? So I know one of my friends said for two years after my mom died, and she was probably in her fifties when her mom died. This was not a young, like the mother died in her nineties. I mean, we're not talking like a young and unexpected death, but she said, I didn't see color for two years because my grief was so great. It was like, Everything had just lost its vibrance. I know, um, I think Joan Didion, in one of her books on grief, writes about how she gave an address at one point for her husband's things to be delivered, but she gave an address where she had lived like 25 years before. And when she mentioned this to the doctor, he was completely unconcerned. Like, oh yes, of course, that's just what happens when somebody is grieving. When one of my family members went through a grieving process, it was six months just kind of sitting outside in the sunshine, just sitting, you know, kind of like it was a really good day if I could make dinner that day. I was just so consumed with this intensity. And I know somebody else had, this was a non-Christian wrote a book and how, her, she was a young woman when her mom died and how she went to the office and a coworker was like, Hey, are you doing okay? And she said, my mom died two weeks ago. And the coworker was like, Oh, and you're still dealing with that <laughs> kind of like, why, why didn't you just get over that in three days or something? So I know in, uh, there's a really beautiful book. My heart lies South about, a California girl who marries a Mexican man and then moves to Monterey and how, I don't think I rolled my R quite right, Monterey, but she, she writes about their practices after a death. And so when her father-in-law died, it was expected for her mother-in-law to basically stay around the house for the next two years and not go to parties and not be seen places. And she said, even for me as a foreigner daughter-in-law I was expected to stay in for six months and just be kind of in a place of quietness and I think officially she wasn't even supposed to be allowed to play the piano but she kind of moved it into a deep room in the house so that she could still engage in that particular outlet but it was fascinating to say that culture had an understanding that grief just takes time And I think about another friend of mine who six weeks after she got married as a probably 21-year-old found out that she was expecting unexpectedly and that her husband had terminal stomach cancer. And so her husband lived for 18 months, got to see her son and their son, but still that's a pretty traumatic situation to go through as a 22, 23-year-old. And she said to me later, at six months... I looked back and I thought, oh my goodness, I was really a mess when my husband first died. And then at a year, she looked back and thought, oh my goodness, I thought I was doing fine at six months, but wow, I'm really doing a lot better now. And then at a year and a half, kind of same thing, looked back at a year and thought, wow, I thought I was recovered then, oh my goodness. And then at two years, she looked back and thought, oh, (laughs) I've really come a long way in the last six months. And so I say that partially because... These are just examples of grief. They aren't prescriptive. I don't think that there's any kind of uh, definitive statement around this is how long you have to grieve, you know, by two years, you're going to be totally fine because each person's experience is actually different and that's okay. To me, the understanding though, a little bit about the grief process is helpful to say kind of like a birth each birth is unique. Each story about water breaking or placenta abrupting or the just overdue stripping of the membranes, whatever, its all that's all unique. And then whether you go through a C-section, which has a certain procedure, or whether you go through natural childbirth, there's a certain number of steps. There's a certain sequence to these things, but each one is different and each one is unique. And so it just means that when I hear about somebody else's 30-hour labor and delivery, I don't think like, oh my goodness, I'm totally doomed to have a 30-hour labor and delivery. I think, oh, that's within the realm of normalcy. And if I hear about somebody who their water breaks in 15 minutes their baby is born, again, oh, that's within the realm of normalcy. It's... Uh, <laughs> that would be pretty vigorous, but it, it's, it's not unheard of. And so I think with this particular statement around grief. What does it look like when your life doesn't go as expected? What does it look like if you're in the midst of grief? There's a part of saying, just walk the path of grief. And so I think there's other answers if your life doesn't go as expected in other ways. But I feel like a lot of the unexpectedness involves grief, or that that's going to be one of the stages. If you're really angry, at some point, the anger is probably going to go away and then you feel some grief. And so, Lord, I do pray that we wouldn't be disheartened by other people's stories of grief like, oh, well, apparently I'm looking forward to 10 years of sadness. That that might be the case, but it might not. Lord, thank you that you give us stories to be able to recognize that In this world, we have to deal with certain things that are hard, that take a lot of energy, that rob us a little bit of our mental capacity, that take the emotional stamina and wherewithal to be able to be strong, even in the midst of times when we don't want to have to be strong. So Lord, I ask that we would be coming to you as our strong tower that we would be listening to your voice as the one who goes before us. Lord, I ask that you would be so gracious to us, that we would be ah, like that Psalm 91 beautiful picture where we get to be like the chicks under your wings, that you care for us, that we're in a protected space. Lord, I think about how... uh, That's precious, Lord. I think about how a parent, if a child gets hurt, there's an aspect of saying, I just want to take care of you until you're better. And so, Lord, in the places where our lives sometimes feel like we've gotten a little bit hurt, I pray that you would come and comfort us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.